Welcome to Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we go nuts and splurge on our big-budget Disney itinerary. Find out what Leslie and I would do with a ton of money to put together the most enjoyable Disney experience that we can think of. Final episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a positive review. Special shout out and thank you to Jingle Jangle 15 and Tyree7 for your recent reviews. If you'd like to connect with us or have anything you'd like us to cover on the podcast, you can email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at WDWDeciphered, or connect with us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. And if we've helped you plan your Disney vacation, consider supporting the show at Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we have covered our low-budget itinerary, our moderate-budget itinerary, and today is the time where we've gotten paid, we've gotten our bonus checks, and we are going to dive into our big-budget itinerary. I don't know about you, Leslie, but... With all this extra money, I was like throwing money at all these sorts of activities. I don't know if it felt like that for you. Yeah, it felt almost too extravagant for me, but I sure had a lot of fun planning this dream vacation that I never will actually take because I'm too cheap. It definitely felt great, but then I started feeling bad about all the money that I was spending, even though it was only virtually and made up. But it's a good exercise. And you know, I think we have some good activities that you can think about, even if you're not on a big budget. I think the thing is you can always think about that one thing you want to splurge on on your Disney vacation. And we have some uh, stuff to offer for you for that. Before we get into that, though, we want to thank some of our newest supporters. We want to thank new Patreon subscriber, Alice M. And also we want to thank Manisha H, who left us a one-time donation. If you'd like to support us, you can check us out on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. There you can subscribe to get regular bonus content or you can also leave a one-time donation. And we'll email out bonus content, a few pieces of bonus content to anyone who makes a one-time donation. And then, of course, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get that bonus content regularly, including our trip reports from our trip last week. Leslie, let's uh, dive in. I think I went first for the moderate budget. So do you want to kick us off and talk about where you looked at to stay um, with your unlimited budget? Oh, actually, before we do that, Leslie, remind us of the parameters and also what are we talking about money-wise for big budget? So, well, I, I priced out two different itineraries, one at 8000 and one at 10000 for at least four nights, but I ended up doing five nights, which I think we've done for all of the budget moderate so far. So that's sort of our guidelines for this. And yeah, it's, it's sometimes hard to spend $10,000 in five nights, but I found a way to do it. We have the hard job. We have the tough jobs. <laughs> Hey, it it creates jobs for other people, right? If we spend that much money. (laughs) All right, well, let's dive in. So um, I I chose to take a peek at the contemporary because that's within walking distance of Magic Kingdom. So I thought that somebody on like a luxury vacation would want to have the main park within walking distance, even as much as I love the poly. Like I kind of, I was tempted to do that, but this is an educational exercise. So I, I was stretching, I was reaching. So I looked at the contemporary and for my big budget, I decided that our hypothetical family of four should get a one bedroom villa in Bay Lake Tower. And I wasn't entirely extravagant because I looked into a DVC rental for that one bedroom villa. So they weren't just like totally paying out the wazoo. So I took a peek at that and looked at for five nights on 
the DVC rental store calculator, you can take a peek at what, you know, how many points per night that costs. And it came out to the equivalent of about $4,465 for five nights in a one bedroom villa with the premium theme park view. Like I made sure that, you know, our splurge vacation was getting a view and not like a parking deck or something like that. Pretty extravagant, but like, not that bad. Like it's a one bedroom villa and the total cost with taxes and everything is less than a thousand dollars a night. So how does that sound? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. And you know, the nice thing about those one bedroom villas is that you have that kitchen. You're probably not going to want to cook. Most people don't like to cook on vacation, but you could heat up mac and cheese for a snack if you need to, or you could also, you know, make oatmeal, like not instant oatmeal, but having a kitchen, you know, that gives you flexibility. And especially, you know, if you're traveling with a baby or something like that, you know, you have that flexibility. I think we noted in previous episode, since we started recording these episodes, Disney has killed the ability for Instacart or wherever to deliver your food items to Bell services. Like they won't pick it up for you. However, you can still meet your food courier if you want to use the kitchen like that. So believe it or not, I knew that you're probably going to go for the contemporary because I was thinking about the contemporary from the beginning because I think both of us having walking access to the Magic Kingdom is the way to go. So I came up with uh, two options, Leslie. I'll, I'll let you take a guess what one of them is, and you'll never guess the second one. I hope you did an overwater bungalow in the Polynesian. No. Too expensive. No. That's even no. that's, not, that's not within $10,000. <laughs> yeah, I, overwater bungalows at the Polynesian, for people who don't know, I think are around fifteen, maybe $2,000 a night. Um, and so five nights, that kills your 10K budget right there. So I did an 8K budget, although I have a 10K option. I was thinking to myself, when you have this big budget, why not go to Disney World during one of the busiest times? Why not go to Disney World during Christmas, which is really the most magical time of the year? I figured with the big budget, I could look at things. They would be at their most expensive and we could still fit it in. And we did manage to do that. So my boring one is I looked at Beach Club and I did five nights again. Like I did for my the last episodes, I searched for specific dates. This time I searched from December 22nd to the 27th. So or the 23rd or 28th, I can't remember, but checking in for five nights, like with Christmas in the middle. Beach Club came out to $4,000 for the five nights, um, which worked out fine. And if you want to learn more about renting DVC points, like Leslie talked about in her itinerary, you can check out episode 53. So I called an audible and said, you know, if we have this budget to play with, why not stay at club level? And in episode 78, we had talked about staying at club level. And I looked into Coronado Springs, the Grand Destino Tower. Like Christy told us on that episode, it's the only moderate that has club level. And so you can stay in a regular tower standard room, but with club level for $2,850 over Christmas, uh, over the busiest time for the five nights. I decided if you're being luxurious, why not have club access? Why not have free drinks all the time and free food and free snacks and free breakfast? Um, and so that's what I went with. Bet you didn't see that coming. Didn't see that coming, but I hope you budgeted a lot of money for transportation for minivans because Coronado Springs doesn't have great transportation for people who are demanding luxury vacationers. So I know, I know that that was the main uh, drawback, but you know, you could also do club level at some of the other places and it'll cost more, or you could even do a one bedroom suite at Coronado Springs for $2,000 more, which is kind of my 10K option. You know, it's not as exciting, but to me, that's uh, the chance to stay at club level. But Leslie, I did club level with a purpose. We're not going to get into tickets just yet, but 
Remember, when you stay at club level, you can pay an extra $50 a day per person for three essentially anytime fast passes that can be used on any attraction uh, with a three-day minimum. So I budgeted in $600 for our family of four to do that. So yes, we're there at the busiest time of the year, but those fast passes are really going to help in terms of getting on rides. I know you like that one. I definitely appreciate the creativity and thoughtfulness given the time of year, for sure. I'm impressed with this itinerary for sure, because this is a dilemma that a lot of families find themselves in. Like they can only go during Christmas week or, you know, during some other peak time and they're trying to minimize the pain. So yeah, this minimizes that. That's great. While we're thinking outside of the box, I know, Leslie, you did some research into a luxury hotel that's off property, but still gives you 60-day fast passes and extra magic hours. So, Leslie, why don't you tell us about the Four Seasons? Yes. So I looked into the Four Seasons Orlando, which is definitely the top luxury hotel that is not like Disney owned in the area. And, you know, one of the things that the the hotel has offered is it's often been a lot cheaper than like the Grand Floridian or the Polynesian or even sometimes the contemporary, but prices have creeped up a little bit. I got a little bit of inside information from your friend and mine, Robin Hudson, who writes the blog Lux Recess. And she said that, you know, I guess it's being just been even more discovered or become that much more popular. But I did find rates at the Four Seasons during certain times of year as low as $534 a night. That's a pretty decent rate for a Four Seasons, especially one as nice as the Orlando location with a free kids club and a lazy river and, you know, all of the most of the on-property benefits, they don't have Magical Express, but they have pretty much everything else. So that's definitely a possibility. It's going to be a more luxurious hotel experience over anything at Disney if you're a hotel snob. And that's just, I guess, the only way to say it. <laughs> so if you're really, really fastidious about like your hotel amenities, this is going to be the hotel for you. And it's not so painful. Um, definitely fittable into our, even our 8K budget luxury vacation. Yeah. So that's a good option. I'm assuming that when you stay at the Four Seasons, you're probably going to rent a car. So you should factor in the price of parking um, into that too, which is about like $25 a day in the park. So make sure you factor that in as well. All right. So tickets, uh, what did you go for, Leslie? So I went for the five-day park hopper plus, and I assumed our luxury vacationing family was going during the highest of high seasons. So I looked at sort of the higher end price for those. And Interestingly, I actually peeked at the six day just to see if like somebody would want to go on the arrival day and on the departure day of a five night vacation. And those prices are only $6 more <laughs> per person. So like maybe you want to spring for, you know, the extra $24 for your family to get that sixth day. But yeah, so the price total for the five day park hopper plus tickets is $2,807.42. Yeah. So I did something similar. I also noticed that jumping. So for me, I was deciding between four and five days. And I noticed that jumping between four and five was only an extra like 10 to $15 each. So I too sprung for the five day park hopper. I did not get the park hopper plus. I just don't think there's enough time. And also, you know, I'm looking at the holidays. You kind of probably are not going to want to go to Blizzard Beach. Uh, it's probably a little bit too cold to be swimming. Um, so I did spring for the five day park hopper. I do think if you're going at a super busy time, like over the holidays, you know, you kind of need that park hopper so you can get in, get out, especially if you're using those 
three anytime fast passes that you get from club level, those club level fast passes, you know, you want to hop from park to park to maximize your time in the parks and to minimize your exposure to all the crazy crowds that are going to be there. Although I do not think it's going to be that crowded this particular Christmas. This might be the time to go over the holidays if you're going to go, but that's uh, for another day. One thing I did notice, um, I looked at Disney, a four-day park hopper at Disney was $2,600. A five-day park hopper at Undercover Tourist was $2,500. And you know, like we said, we do have a Undercover Tourist affiliate link. So that's another way to support the show if you want to buy your tickets from there. But I was pretty surprised that a five-day hopper at Undercover Tourist is cheaper than a four-day hopper bought through Disney directly. And you know, I bought from Undercover Tourist before. You can link it to your My Disney Experience and all that. So, you know, I I feel like in this case, there's no reason to not save the hundred dollars, especially because since you're buying for like the most expensive time, um, every dollar kind of counts. And you know, I was looking over the holidays, so obviously it was going to be super expensive. Yeah, the ticket discounts on these third-party resellers can sometimes be pretty steep. I mean, the the deals do vary, and you know, based upon the time of year and just based upon when they're running, they're even bigger sales. But yeah, I think a lot of people would be surprised at how much you can save on a four or five or six day ticket, depending upon what sales happening at any, at any given moment. Definitely. So what did you do for food? I actually did go this time and peek at some rice restaurants that I thought that a luxury traveling family would might want to eat at. So I was like, you know, sky's kind of the limit, but you know, you're limited by your stomach. So I don't think any family, no matter how much they're willing to spend is going to like have a character breakfast and then a table service lunch and then, you know, a really fancy dinner at nighttime, like every day, because you would just feel gross eating that much. It's just not possible. Like even a family on a luxury vacation is going to eat some quick service meals, like some basic snacks, that kind of thing. So even blowing the budget out of the water, I budgeted $2,000 for dining, not groceries, just, just dining out. So that comes out to $400 a day or a night. So I figured a family of four that, that seems a reasonable amount of food that people would want to eat, still be able to, you know, have alcohol for the parents and order drinks for the kids and get all the signature snacks. So, but yeah, I was definitely just sort of curious as to like where the fancier restaurants would be. Like I priced out what I thought would be a typical dinner for two adults and two kids at like the boathouse in Disney Springs. And it came out to about $250 for a family of four, like ordering alcohol and and some appetizers and a couple of desserts. Yeah. Pretty easy to spend $400 a day if you're eating a $250 dinner. You know, I kind of came to the same conclusion that for table service, I guess I looked mostly into buffets, but like for all of them, it comes out to be $150 150 to $200 per meal, uh, just kind of depending on how much alcohol you get. Like the cheapest one was, I think Tusker House was the cheapest one that I looked at that came out to like 140 or 150 before alcohol and all that stuff. Um, and then the most expensive one was like Chef Mickey's, but that came out to like 180 ish or so. So, you know, if you ballpark 150 to 200 per meal when you're doing these kind of buffet meals, you're kind of good to go. Because of that, I started picking specific meals, but then I realized they're all kind of the same price. For my family, I decided that, you know, you'd go to say three of these character meals or buffet meals. Um, and so that costs around like $600. And then you're left with, depending on the specifics, but about $300 per day. And actually that 
for me was covering eating uh, Ubers. I still probably wouldn't take a minivan, um, just Ubers and souvenirs. So I, th- I feel like $300 a day, you can do a lot with that, especially if you've had your meals. I did want to note though, since my f- hypothetical family is going over the holidays, uh, you can do the candlelight processional meal. So I priced it out for lunch at Via Napoli uh, and a guaranteed seating at the candlelight processional. So candlelight processional is is like uh, someone like reads from a uh, Christmas reading on the 23rd that I priced out. It's actually Stephen Curse Chapman. So all you SEC fans out there, it's a Christian contemporary artist, if you don't know. You know, I think a lot of people who are there over the holidays and who celebrate Christmas like to go to these candlelight processionals. Maybe even if you don't celebrate Christmas, uh, you just like to see kind of the spectacle. And so, you know, that's just $175, not just, but it's $175 for a family and you get a guaranteed seat at the processional later that night. So I thought, I figured if someone is there over the holidays and is celebrating Christmas, uh, that's something that they probably want to do. So I threw that in there as well. And then, like I said, I ended up with $300 per day, $300 for the four main full days and $150 for the two half days. So about $300 per day uh, left over. What about you? Did you actually create a souvenir budget this time? I did. I was not so stingy as I was <laughs> for the other families. So, but I still was a little bit stingy. Are you buying, I, a, are you buying a lightsaber? Are you buying a two hundred dollar <laughs> lightsaber? I put I I put in three hundred dollars in my souvenir budget. So, I mean, maybe there's a little more wiggle room. There's close to four hundred dollars if we want to make it right at an even ten k for my vacation. So, yeah, but you know. This is so variable. It's like, you know, if mom wants to buy like one Dooney and Burke purse, there goes the souvenir budget and then some. But, you know, $300 for the kids, if they're getting like several reasonably priced, you know, stuffed animals, things like that, you can get quite a lot of gear to take home. So it's really just sort of variable based upon what you value personally, um, both parents and, and kids. But I guess you can get a lightsaber with my $300 budget. Just one, not one for each kid. You get one lightsaber, one droid, but... You're going to have to find some money out of your food budget for tax for the two of those things. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'd like to say that if your kids are young, like mine, I've bought various monorail associated things for my son and buses. Let me put it this way. Just buy stuffed animals because all the kind of die cast things, I bought a monorail, like a die cast monorail, die cast Disney buses. And I also bought a remote control monorail. All of them have broken very quickly. I don't know if it's poorly made or, you know, it's just not made to be played with. Um, but my son was pretty disappointed, broke one of the monorails in half. And, and like, it's not his fault. Like, it's just like plastic in the middle. You know, the slinky type part in between monorail cars, like that broke really easily. The remote control monorail stopped working. Um, so, you know, when it comes to souvenirs, be careful what you buy and then be careful after you buy them. I don't know if you've, had any experience with that if you'd bought your son any monorail type things before, but just bad luck for us at least. Yeah, we haven't bought many of those. We have way too many stuffed animals. Be be careful buying too many of those because yeah, they take up a lot of space. But they don't break. They don't break. <laughs> That's fair, but you want to throw all of them out the window after you have 87 of them like I do. But no, I love Disney. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, fair, fair tip, fair tip. So, all right. Well, we've talked about, I mentioned that, that my food budget, my $2,000 didn't include groceries. I did throw in $200 for groceries. I thought maybe 
our family, because mine's not staying club level, will, will, might want to like pick up some alcohol or something like that for their one bedroom villa. So made a little little bit of a more luxurious grocery budget. And did you budget for groceries at all? Or you, did you just think that was not likely with the club level stay? I just kind of threw it in. Like if you have $1,500 to play with over five days, um, you know, you can kind of go as you like. It's one of those weird things. Like we are the 1%, you know, Leslie, you know, you have that much money. You kind of stop thinking as closely about what you're buying, or at least I did when I was doing such size. <laughs> yeah. It all becomes a rounding error. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, I did throw in $150 for minivans because I thought even my contemporary staying family would take some minivans to like maybe Disney Springs or other hotels for character meals. I mean, I don't know. I, it's the minivans are really expensive, but I like them a lot. And I think that families who have bigger budgets use them. That's my suspicion. I think one thing that money does for you at Disney is it just keeps you in the magic uh, more. Like you get to stay on site, you get to use things like minivans. Um, you can pay for more expensive experiences. Like I was thinking about like pricing out Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique or pricing out the princess tea or whatever at the Grand Floridian. Like, you know, there's a lot of these kind of options that you can add on to your vacations when you have the budget to do so. And even though personally, I don't have the budget or wouldn't use my budget for minivans, I think if that's something you want to do, like you get into the car, it's obviously mini decorated, most of them. And then they're playing Disney music. They ask you what Disney music you want. Every minivan driver I've ever had, what back when it was like much cheaper, has been like really great great to talk to great cast member. I love their job. Um, and so, you know, it's just a way to stay in the magic. And so, you know, I think it's definitely a great use of your budget if you have it. Definitely me. If I ever had the big budget, I think I might not stay in a fancy hotel, like a super fancy hotel. And I might save my money for a VIP tour guide. I've always wanted a plaid to show me around. It's like a couple hundred dollars per hour per person or something like that. So. I'm peeking at the website right now. It says starting from 425 per hour. And I'm pretty sure they have like a seven hour minimum, but I think it's for up to 10 people. So, you know, if you're going for like a two family group or like an extended family kind of vacation, it could be doable. It could be doable. Maybe. This is like the, I guess my club level hack was the poor man's version of that because, you know, if you're going over the holidays or spring break or sometime when it's busy, like that's kind of a way to reduce your stress when you're there. Although there's always a certain amount of people in the parks that like VIP is not going to be able to get you past. You still have to wait at least for the rides to load and unload. So be aware of that. I have heard of people who have had VIP tours during very busy times and not gotten to do as much as they want, but it's definitely something to consider if you're there at a very busy time. Definitely. Well, anything else we have not gone over in our very luxurious vacation budget? No, let's break down our costs just really quickly, just in case you missed it. So for me, for the hotel, you can either do Beach Club for 4000 or Grand Destino for $2,850 plus $600 worth of club level fast passes. Or you could do Grand Destino club level one bedroom suite for about 5000 plus the $600 uh, in club level fast passes. I got a five-day park hopper from Undercover Tourists for $2,500 spending about $600 on table service meals. And then that left me with about $300 a day to mess around with for other food, souvenirs, minivans, whatever. What about you, Leslie? 
Yes. I don't even think I've mentioned my, my $8,000 budget hotel. So I I mentioned I was doing contemporary and uh, for my $10,000 budget, I was staying in a one bedroom villa for $4,465. And the alternative, the cheaper uh, version of that was just a regular room at the contemporary for $2,715 for five nights. And then I got for both of those itineraries, the five day park hopper plus, which was just over $2,800. And then budgeted $2,000 for the five-night stay for meals. And then everything else added up to looks like about six fifty if I'm doing my math right. Parking, souvenirs, groceries, all that kind of thing. So, yeah, one itinerary came out to just over 8000 and the other one came out to just under 10000 Awesome. All right. So before we get out of here, I want to end with a Disney do or don't. Today, it's going to be a Disney do. When you are planning your trips, we talked about, or I talked about planning a trip for a very crowded time. One useful thing to do is Google, or I just go usually to Turing Plans website, but Google kind of Walt Disney World events to see if there's anything going on during the times that you plan to be there. Because you might want to go for one of those events, or you might want to avoid it. So the ones that you kind of never think of are things like uh, run Disney events, or, you know, every once in a while, there'll be random concert events and things like that. And so, you know, you may want to go to check those out, or you may want to avoid them. I think it's something to be aware of as you're planning. I wouldn't like move a trip if I had already started planning it and found out one of these events were happening. Disney World is always crowded and these events don't move the needle a ton, but it's good to know that they're going on um, because you can kind of adjust for them. I remember once we planned something and then we ultimately found out that it was during marathon weekend. And so we just, when we got there, padded in extra time for travel. At one point we were watching the marathon go by as we were trying to walk into animal kingdom from the parking lot. Cause we had to wait for a bunch of people to run by before we could cross through. So, you know, make sure you check out those events and Leslie, I assume you do the same for Disneyland. Oh yeah. Cause those can be really significant. Like D 23 every other year at Disneyland can be crazy. I mean, sometimes you get, you get the word, even if you're not looking for them because you start search- searching for hotels and you're like, why are they sold out or why are they inexplicably expensive? And then you figure out, Oh, it's because of some sort of special event. And here's a bonus Disney do for Disneyland. I don't know if this is true or not, Leslie, but my friend was there the Friday of D23 and he said it was completely dead. And I think it's the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge effect, but he thinks it's because everyone who was there was at D23. So we'll see in two years whether he was right or not. It's because everyone's at D23, but the hotel rooms are really- No, why are you going to take a side? Why are you going to take a side? So uh, yeah, two years in uh, August, 2021. Go the Friday of D23. There'll be no crowds at Disneyland. You heard it here first. Leslie Harvey. Fair enough. And my friend who I won't name. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, that does it. If you have uh, been to B- Disney World on a bigger budget or if you have tips on things to splurge on that we haven't thought of, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com. Connect with us on Twitter at www.deciphered or leave us a note on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Also, uh, We really enjoyed doing this series. If you found it helpful, if you found it useful, please let us know. Drop us a comment. Drop us a line. We'd love to know if this was useful and if you can think of anything else that would be useful that you'd like to hear us do. Other than that, we will talk to you all next week. Thank you so much, Leslie, and I will see you on our two-person VIP tour. Or maybe we should get some more people so we can save some more money. Thanks, Joe.